morning, everybody. My name is Linda, and this is my husband, Jim, and we'd like to welcome you to church this morning. Are you glad to be here? As you know, I'm Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a while to get to the microphone. (laughs) So we do welcome you today. This is your first time. We want you to feel really, really welcome. Um, If you look around on the walls around you, it tells you a little bit about what we're about, and in particular, the mission statement, which is right over there, to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but just recently, I've begun to try to discipline myself every day to say, Lord, I want to be transformed by your Holy Spirit, and I'm going to get to the other one soon, okay? But I want to get transformed first. (laughs) Now, if you're here uh, for the first time, uh, I'd like to direct your attention to the seat back that's right in front of you. There's three cards. One says give, one says pray, and one says connect. If you'd like for us to connect with you, if you're looking for that, you don't have to. If you wanted to sit here and do nothing, you can do that. But if you'd like to, if you feel like this is something I'd like to do, Uh, Fill that card out so we have a record of your visit. Uh, If you have a prayer request, just fill that out. And you're going to find the box outside when you're walking out the door on your right. And you could stick that in there. And also, if you choose to support the church with your giving, there's a little envelope there. And uh, you can do it other ways, as you can see up here, either online or you can uh, use the physical envelope, whatever you choose to do. You know, um, one thing that I love about this church is our Wednesday night small groups. You know, when we come to church on Sunday morning, it's so hard, even in a small church like ours, to get acquainted with the people sitting next to you. You don't have time to do that. But on Wednesday nights, Summer of Love, we have the opportunity to meet others and to get more acquainted with them. And I feel like Gina and Daryl and Mondo and Kathy pastor need to be up here to do this announcement, Summer of Love. We were going to dress up like Sunny and Cher this morning. We have the costume, but we were afraid, ooh, it might be a little bit overboard, but you want to, sometime, okay, well, sometime we will. But anyway, on, on Wednesday nights, it's so wonderful to be able to enlarge your circle of friends. We actually sit in circles of six to eight. We discuss what the pastor spoke on Sunday morning. We um, tell a little about a bit about ourselves that, and um, get really kind of really acquainted on Wednesday nights. Then we also pray for one another, and we just make the best friends. I'm looking at Julie right now, and I already knew her, but she was in my group on Wednesday night, and I just feel so much closer to you just from being in our group together. I met a new friend named Lauren, and I can't see a thing up here, so are you here? Hi, Lauren. And it was so fun to meet her. I was just talking to some people this morning, and they were telling me how our small groups have brought them together and felt made them feel like people um, like a part of this congregation. So come on Wednesday night unless you already have enough friends. If you have enough friends, don't bother. But if you could use it, who could use another friend? 
I hope everybody's got your hand raised. Okay, so come Wednesday night, meet somebody new, and become even more of this great congregation. And then next week, there's a, another opportunity to connect. Uh, with, we've come to lovingly call it the Soup Sunday, uh, but it's a time to connect and to visit after church next Sunday. And so some really important things are happening this week, and so I'm going to ask Stephen to come forward. Uh, Stephen has just recently been installed as our youth pastor. Let's welcome him. Yeah, some really exciting things. Everybody remember uh, camp is coming up, and it's actually tomorrow. Can you believe it? Felt like uh, just a few weeks ago that everyone was fundraising. You guys kind of blew it out of the water with that one. So I'd like to call up all the youth this morning. We're going to pray for everybody, the youth and the leaders. Come on up on the stage, and uh, Melody will pray for us. Look at this good-looking Wow, group of, uh, look at all of these. Are you all here? Where's Jess? Right here. Is Jess coming? Oh, hi. <laughs> Can I? I lost her in the crowd. <laughs> go up that way. Come on, girls. Let's go. <clears throat> there you go. Scrunch. There you go. Come on. Kaylee, show off your groovy outfit. Look at that girl. She got That's into it. She's, you know, I'm not your daughter. I'm not your daughter. I'm not your daughter. It's all right. Well, we have, does it, I don't, I can't count, but I know we have three of the leaders here. Obviously, Stephen, who is our youth pastor, his fiance, Jess, uh, our leader, Edwin, right there in the middle. And the rest are kids going to camp. So are you guys ready? Are you packed? No. What do you still need to get? What do you still need to get? Everything? You're good, Layla. Okay, you're a gold star. Anyone else? What do you need to get? I think you are all forgetting. Oh, forgot the most important things. That you were supposed to take with you. Pass it around. Show the crowd. Everybody, okay? You cannot go without this. Stick it up on your wall. I may not have enough. You may have to share. Okay? Is that everybody? You guys know my face. Here are my twins. You can, you can remember what my face looks like. Okay? Now everyone's ready for camp. Yeah? Right. I'm serious. Take it with you. I'm so proud of this right now. Um, no, but we are so excited. Um, gosh, when we started planning this earlier in the year, we didn't know what this was going to look like. This is the most amount of kids we've had going to camp in uh, quite a amount of years. And they are excited. It's junior high. It's senior high. And... Um, Gosh, I am just so thankful for you, Stephen, to come on board right when you did. Yeah. I know Grant echoes my sentiment. Amen. Because if not, you know, you would have had my face fully in person and Grant's face fully in person. And we both would have been beat red the whole time, I'm sure of it. So will you join me in praying for our campers, our leaders? Um, just extend a hand if you feel comfortable doing that. But um, let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus. I pray for the 24 
campers and leaders going to camp tomorrow morning, Lord. Lord, we pray for their safety, Lord, for the drive up, for the drive down while they're there during all their wonderful adventures, during the hiking and the swimming and the lake jumping and all of the things, Lord. Lord, I pray that while they are there, that they would connect with you, Lord, that they would see you in different ways, perhaps in ways they have not experienced yet, Lord. Lord, would you be loud and clear to each of them, Lord? Lord, I pray for their connection with each other, Lord. Lord, would you just open them up to what uh, friendships you may have to grow, what friendships you may have to blossom. Lord, I pray for Stephen and Jess as they um, take on leadership of this group, Lord. Lord, I pray for Stephen as he is the fearless leader and um, marching forward and marching on, Lord. Lord, give him all the strength and all the patience he needs this week, Lord. Lord, would he sleep well? Lord, would you make somehow that room that uh, the leaders are in cool? Lord, would you uh, be with Jess and with Kayla and with Edwin as they um, support Stephen in his leadership, as they themselves are leaders, Lord? Lord, would you touch their hearts? Would you just show them just the work that you're doing in their lives, Lord? Lord, would they come back? renewed and refreshed, would they be ready for what you might have for them next, Lord? Lord, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right, let's give our camp kids a round of applause. Now you may depart to your respective wherever you were, as long as it was somewhere that you're acting responsibly, you may go. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning. Donuts and coffee tomorrow, 8.30. Don't be late. No coffee for you. I don't, I don't know about you. Some of those kids already look tired. You're in for a really interesting week. All right. Well, good morning. My name is Melody, and I am one of the pastors here. And I'm happy to be with you this morning. It's nice and cool in this room, it feels like Florida outside, yeah? I'm not sure what's happening there, but. All right, I need you to get your singing voices ready with me. Ready? Me, 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 me. Hello? Me, 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 la, 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 la. Wow, this is gonna be a rough morning. Let's wakey, wakey. All right, can you sing this with me if you know this song? Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Little, oh, we're going on. Him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, louder. Jesus loves me. Now, really loud. The Bible tells me so. Excellent, excellent. That is today's sermon. We can all go home. I'm 100% serious. That is today's sermon. Uh, this very simple song 
sung by countless and countless people around the world in many, many different languages. That is the focus of our message today. This very song holds some very first and perhaps simple truths that you learned as a child, yes? So as if you're just joining us today, we are in this series, The Summer of Love, hence the, you know, groovy background and the tie-dye vibe that you see here, yeah? You notice the tie-dye vibe? Yeah, yeah? Okay, can I, I need to tell you this. The tie-dye vibe isn't totally my thing. It's not totally my thing. I love it on you, 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 but I just, I just don't have anything tie-dye. My kids, I've been a mom for, how old's my oldest, 15 years? I've been a mom, and I think like every summer my kids have had something tie-dye, but I have never been the one to do it with them. It's always been like at summer camp, or with my sister, or with a friend, or with a neighbor, whatever it is, I've never actually done it with them, right? So, but I'm a team player, and so I wanted to get on board with the tie-dye vibe. So I went to Walmart, and I got a t-shirt, and I got a little tie-dye kit, and, you know, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this. So um, I go home, and if you know me, I struggle with one area quite a bit in my life, and that is following an instruction manual. <laughs> now, it's not a small instruction manual. It's pretty big. Okay? Pretty big. Like, you can't miss it, right? But I think I know what I'm doing, right? So I go home, and I make my tie-dye t-shirt and I, you know, do the little thing and everything's looking great and it's supposed to be like a cherry blossom theme and I rubber banded and I just do what I've seen my kids and my friends and my family do, you know, all these years. Well, let me show you what happened. <laughs> Nothing really happened. <laughs> nothing really happened here. Would you like to know why nothing really happened here? What? There's vinegar? You put vinegar? I don't I didn't even know that one. The 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 very basic instruction here says it has to be cotton. This is 95% polyester. So, I'm like, well, that's kind of that's kind of I was going to say crappy, but can I say crappy? I'm going to say crappy. I thought that too. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to dye it again. Well, then I got a little blue in there. So anyway, thankfully for today's purposes, I have Amazon Prime and I bought a t-shirt. But, 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 I love how Jesus works in mysterious ways because I thought, you know what? I'm gonna get on board with the whole tie-dye thing and we're gonna have a tie-dye party at church. We're just gonna do it. Okay, hold on. So I was like, okay, I'll take it to staff on Tuesday. We'll make a plan, we'll make a date. And the most wise woman walks through the door just a few minutes ago. Where's Pat? Pat, raise your hand. Where are you? Pat, there she is, Pat. She says, Melody, some of us here think we should have a tie-dye party. And I was like, oh, confirmation. Okay, so we're gonna have a tie-dye party. Everyone make sure you have a 100% cotton t-shirt. I'll get on board and I'll get one. But um, anyway, this, I love how this series is really challenging Grant and I's uh, 
you know, take on fashion. He's not wearing black every Sunday. And I'm wearing something that I probably would never wear. So, right? These aren't real people problems. These are just like, no, we'll just move on. All right, so as I was saying earlier, we are in our Summer of Love series. And um, when Grant and I were sitting around talking about this and You know, um, we sing this song every single week at San Dimas Retirement Center. And we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Again, because it is basic truth. Basic truth. It's not complicated. It's very simple. And um, so the first part of the series was a three-part series. Part one was about scripture, how the scripture and what that is and how that tells me so. Last weekend, Grant did um, the Old Testament and what that is and how the Old Testament tells me so. And today, I get to talk about the New Testament and how it tells me so. So I thought an appropriate way to end this three-part series at the beginning is to use the song as an outline, okay? So that's gonna be my outline for my sermon. So follow with me here, and I really, really hope, I really, really hope, And I pray that at the end of this 20 minutes or so, you will sing even louder than you just did. And not because I'm telling you to, but because you want to. So will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I pray right now that uh, you know all the situations in here. You know all the things happening, Lord. You know who needs to hear what, God. God, thank you for um, allowing me to speak this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, the words that I speak would be, bring honor and glory to your name only, Lord. Lord, draw us near today. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, let's look at the first verse here, the first uh, sentence. It says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And it is a statement that is declared here. And like I just mentioned, Grant last week talked about the Old Testament. And he said that on those pages of the Bible, that God was huge and just this kind of unknowable, otherworldly God, and that it was often terrifying terrifying. Did you remember he was talking about being friends with the little bugs down here? And he said that's probably what it felt like to a lot of the folks in the Old Testament. It was often terrifying. Grant also said that despite the failure of people again and again and again, that God kept drawing his people near to him again and again and again. And that the Old Testament was pointing us towards a promise, towards a promise, towards a promise. And then the Old Testament ends, and there's 400 years of silence. There's 400 years of nothing. And then the New Testament opens up with several accounts of this. I'm going to read a verse here. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's how the New Testament opens. So all of the history, all of the thousands of years of prophecy told, of all the historical things that have happened, has come down to us and is making his dwelling among us. 
So there was a man who came to us, and he was fully human and also fully God. So I want to stop right here because, again, just sometimes I've said this before, sometimes I don't know that we realize how big that is, how big that is. It's people like you and me living our lives, going about our day, going about our day, and he became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This popular author that I like, I really like her, her name is Rachel Held Evans. She passed away at 37 years old. But she explained this notion with a very simple visual. She said that Jesus here on earth was God in sandals. And I think, you know, if it was today, if she were to be alive today, she might say Jesus here on earth would have been God in Crocs, right? Who owns Crocs? I got on the Croc bandwagon this year, yeah. So another example that I have heard used before to help us understand the concept of what it was to have God here on earth was the concept of a popular character, Superman, okay? Superman, now you know that I am a closet Marvel girl and Captain America is my number one guy, okay? Well, Chris is my number one guy. (laughs) Then it's Captain America. But I like Superman. I like this particular Superman. Do we have a picture? Yeah, we do. Okay. But um, Superman has a story that very much parallels the story of Jesus. He is a baby that appears in a barn one night to parents. They have no explanation for this child, but they take him in. They raise him. He's a boy who grows up like everyone else among humans. He experiences emotion. He experiences feelings. He has fun. He has friends. And on the surface, he's like everybody else. But when the villain comes in to threaten mankind, when the villain comes in to threaten mankind, Superman can feel exactly what these humans are feeling because he has grown up amongst them. They are his friends. They are his family. And because Superman is not only human, but a superhero, a a man from another world, he is also the only one that can save them, according to the movie. So the New Testament is all about the one man who came to dwell among us, who was fully human and fully God, and the one who came to save us. He came to save us. And the New Testament is not only the facts around his life, but what he did with his life, what it meant, who he did it with, and what he said to do afterwards when he departed the earth. The New Testament was written in a place, from a place of encountering Jesus in the flesh. Let's look at the next line, because we're using this, the song as an outline. Ready? Sing it with me. Ready? Little ones to him belong. There what? You said we. That's wrong. Sorry. Linda. Let's do it again. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. There you go. Oh, Linda. <laughs> Linda kind of wishes she had a microphone sometimes, I think. <sighs> we'll just put the mute button from you on here, huh? <laughs> Linda. No, you're, I love Linda. Don't you love Linda? 
Um, so what children is he talking about here? Is he talking about just little children? No, he's talking about all children. This line also here claims that they're saying flat out, we are weak. We are weak, and it's so incredibly true. We are weak in so many senses of the word. We're weak physically, right? We get sick. Some of our bodies are wrecked with chronic pain, yes? Some of our bodies are wrecked with sickness and illnesses that we can't explain. Some of us have stories that would make for a ridiculously dramatic movie with twists and turns. Some of us have situations in our lives that wreck our hearts time and time again. We are weak mentally, yes? There's so much mental health struggle. There's so much mental health struggle in our stories, depression, anxiety, all sorts of disorders. We are weak but he is strong. That's what the line says here. Here's what the New Testament tells us through Paul about our weakness and his strength. He's talking about someone, something that he pleads to the Lord with to take away. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. When I am weak, then I am strong. You know, at small group, you guys mentioned it, we mentioned, you know, sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable with people, yes? It's really hard to be vulnerable with people and let them know what's going on. But guess what? Someone right next to you is going through something maybe similar, something maybe a little different, or maybe they're, they're meant to carry your burden. I shared something with small group on um, Wednesday night, and the incredible response that my husband and I got from it was amazing. It was amazing. It says here, I will boast, I will boast in my weakness, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's keep going to the next lines. Some of these verses here, maybe you haven't, you don't typically hear, but the song has other verses and we're going to read. It says, Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Now again, this song points to historical events in the New Testament. Jesus loves me, he who died. He who died. So let's talk about death a little bit here. Let's talk about it. You know, a few years ago, we had family from out of town. Uh, it was Christmas, and we went down to the Glendale Galleria. It's a big mall, and at Christmas time, it is madness. I'm not sure why we were there quite, but we were there. And it's Christmas time, and you know, we have kids, we have packages, whatever, we're going along the way. We decide that we're going to get a little snack at the um, food court. And you know, there's escalators, but by this time our kids are walking and you know, whatnot. So we go down this escalator in particular, and my husband was up front with uh, a couple of the kids, and I was, I was actually at the top. He was at the, at the front, and I was at the very top. And we had family in between, we had strangers in between. I can't even tell this story without feeling sick to my stomach. Um, 
So everyone is holly and jolly, and it's been a good day. And we get on the escalator, and all of a sudden, I hear a loud, and, and the escalator uh, jerks, but it's still going. And the next thing you know, my heart is in my throat. My heart is in my throat. I don't know how, I don't know what, I, don't, I am down at the bottom of that escalator. I don't know how I knew that one of my kids was involved here. I don't know how any of this happened. All I know is that I'm at the bottom of the escalator. I am, I am there. And one of my daughters, Claire, she had her little foot in her little shoe, and it was caught in the escalator belt. And it was still going. When I got there, Chris had her whole body in a body lock. Like, he just was like, he was Superman that day. And I am trying to rip her foot out of her shoe. But the thing is, the way the escalator was positioned and the way she was positioned and the way her foot, I couldn't pull it out easily at all. I couldn't put her, I, her foot was angled and it was just not going to happen. And right when I feel like it's an eternity later, right at the moment where we pried her foot out, someone pushes the emergency stop. It was still going. The escalator was still going. And do you see how difficult it was to just try to get, her foot was fully in there. I thought I was going to break her little foot. My only, my only concern in that moment was saving my daughter. My only concern in that moment was getting to her. My only concern in that, nothing else mattered. I had bags, I had a purse, everything flew. I don't even, I don't remember anything other than it was all consuming. My attention, my focus was on her. And when I think about Jesus walking to that cross, when I think about Jesus walking to that cross for you and for me and for all of humankind. That was his focus. He had one priority, and it was to save us. The New Testament documents the details and the journey of him to the cross. This here is talking about Pontius Pilate, and it says, he had Jesus flogged and then handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. And they put a right staff in his hand. And they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, the king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe, put his own clothes on him, and they led him away to crucify him. Jesus' entire focus was on you and on me and on everyone else. Nothing else mattered except saving his children. He was entirely consumed by this. Let's read the next 
line in the, in the song here. It says, heaven's gates to open wide. So they crucified Jesus, but death was not the end here. The New Testament has many, many accounts, and I'm going to read one from Luke. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men clothed in, and that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Come on, Linda. He is not here. Next line, he washed away my sin, let his little child come in. Just a few weeks ago, I gave a sermon titled Amazing Grace, and I talked about a really bad vacation that, not a bad vacation, but a bad moment on a vacation several years ago with my four children. I'm in for quite a vacation this week. <laughs> it's okay. One day when you guys have kids, we'll babysit all the time. It's fine. Stephen's like, let me get married first, okay? Why does no one laugh? That's a funny thing. Come on. Thanks. So uh, let his little child come in. So I, I talked about a moment on our vacation that just was kind of not the best. I was mad at my kids. I took off. I probably spent too much at the store. And when I got mad, they posted a note on the door that said, sorry, mom, we love you, you know. And the rest of the day, they were kind of, you know, tiptoeing around me. And I said, you know, I'm so glad that when I start vacations, I don't start off with, remember what you did that one year that we went down to the beach? Remember that day? Remember? Because that would be the most horrible thing to do. That's not setting them up well. That's saying that I'm keeping a record of their wrong, right? And we were in Hebrews, and we were saying, hey, listen, the old system where the priests had to come and sacrifice and remind you of your sin year after year after year after year, that system's out. The new system's in. The price is paid once and for all. Sin is washed away. Sin is washed away. And I said, you know what? If I were to remind my kids, that's not what grace and forgiveness is. That's not what, he is, what it is. And in these lines, it says here, he washed away my sin, let his little child come in. The New Testament in Ephesians said, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. That he lavished on us. The next verse, Jesus loves me still today, walking with me on my way, wanting as a friend to give light and life to all who live. So the first line, Jesus loves me still today. Guess what? How many times have I failed already today? I don't know, a bunch. Because when it's hot and I'm sweaty, I'm not a nice person. So, whatever. So I'm sorry. Um, but, but, you know, we, we fail, right? Is anybody in here perfect? Please raise your hand and tell me how you do it. 
Nobody, nobody. So Jesus loves me still today despite my, what I fail at, despite my sin, despite everything I could say right now, Jesus loves me still today. The next line, walking with me on my way. What kind of stuff do we encounter as we walk along this road of life? All the things, yes? All the things. We encounter joy, we encounter love, we encounter happiness, and at the very same token, in just the next moment, we encounter sorrow, we encounter loneliness, we encounter tragedy. The last few years here, we've encountered all sorts of things represented here. The last few months have been especially hard for some of us. Yes? No one is immune to pain here. But when we walk on our way, as it says here, Jesus loves us still today. The New Testament says this in Romans. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. That's a lot of things. Who shall separate us? Shall any of these things, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, what does it say? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither present nor future nor powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. So as a good friend, Jesus says, I will walk with you on your way. I will walk with you. In Matthew it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. We've gone through this whole song here, and here is why. Here is why, here is why, here is why. It says, wanting as a friend to give, what does it say? Light and life to all who live. This is our hope, my friends. This is our hope. We have a hope for a life of love, grace, community. As our father and our friend, he wants to give us all these things, no matter what we run into on the journey of life. No matter what. He wants to give us light and life beyond the things we don't understand. He wants to give us life and light beyond the things that don't seem fair. I know you know what that's like. He wants to give us light and life beyond sudden deaths. He wants to give us light and life beyond miscarried babies and stillborn births. I've never shared this before, but I actually have a baby boy in heaven. He would have been 14 years old this year. I know I'm going to see him one day. I know I'm going to see him one day. I will see my mom again, and she will be perfect. She will be perfect. She already is. The New Testament is the reality of this historic event and the reality of life after the resurrection. 
life after the resurrection. The light and life that has happened since the resurrection has been investigated time and time and time again. It's been investigated by scientists, by historians, by philosophers. You and I can investigate it. And time and time and time again, by at least a dozen other references, there's confirmation, non-Christian references, there's confirmation of the timeline and the life of Jesus. This happened. This is. This is. If you ever want to know more about that, please talk to me. Please talk to Grant. Where's Fuzz Rana? I saw him. Where are you? Raise your hand high so we can see. Okay, there's our resident scientist, philosopher, theologian. His organization is called Reasons to Believe. Okay? I called him this week and I said, Fuzz, what you got? Help me out here. And he sent me a bunch of stuff that I found such encouragement in. History, science will confirm that this verse in the New Testament is spoken by Jesus himself in John 14. It says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. We know. It's, it's like I said, it's pretty simple. I'm going to call the band back up. C.S. Lewis said this about faith, about Christianity. He said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, it is of infinite importance. The only thing that it cannot be is moderately important. Okay, so here we are. We're almost done. Let's get to the chorus of this song. Can you say it with me? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. When I sang this song to my kids, and I often do still, and we did this one time at Sandy Miss Retirement Center, I'll go around the room, and I'll say, yes, Jesus loves Abby. Yes, Jesus loves Clara. Yes, Jesus loves Joshy, and he loves Kaylee, too. I put their names in it, right? I put their names in it because I want them to know Jesus loves you. You, Kaylee, you, Joshy. Sorry I keep calling you Joshy. You're super cool, bro. I should just call you bro, yeah? Can you insert your name in here? Can you confidently insert your name? Do you think Jesus loves you? I know we say it. I know we say it. But do we think that Jesus loves us? The chorus essentially here sums up the message of the New Testament. It's not complicated. We make it complicated. We make it complicated when we say, oh, but I'll just... I have to do this in order for Jesus to love me, and I have to um, get this out of my life in order for Jesus to... No. 
No, he's already made it happen, my friends. No other payment is accepted or required. The end. No other payment is needed. The Old Testament screams love to us all over the place. Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Heaven's gates to open wide, light and life to all he live. And maybe you believe it and accept it, but does it define you? Does it course through your blood? Does it make you excited? You can tell me that. I got to tell you something. I told Grant. I think I told someone else. Who did I tell? Linda. Linda Hibden. Where are you? I don't know. I didn't even go to bed last night. Not because I wasn't ready. Not because I was working on a project. I was so excited to give this message today. Does that mean it's a good message? Not particularly. But I want Jesus' love to define you. I want you to know how much he walked that journey to the cross. He walked that journey to the cross. You were his focus. You were his priority. You were the one he was going to save. I want us to feel how much Jesus loves us today. I'm shaky nervous because I want you to feel it. Do you believe that Jesus loves you today? Can you say Jesus loves me? Can you say Jesus loves me? Can you say Jesus loves me? Let's sing.
Do you think that Jesus loves you? I hope you are singing that all day long today. We are going to do something now. You can take a seat. We do something every week here at New Song. If you are just visiting us today, we take communion every week, and we invite you, you know, if you are new to this, if you are new to faith, if you are just trying to figure it out, if you, there is room at the table. Amen. The first song we sang, I feel sometimes should be just an anthem for us. Come all you schemers, you dreamers, you believers. If you lack money, if you have a bunch, come to the feast, there is room at the table. Everything about Jesus is about love. The night that Jesus had this supper with his disciples, the word love came about 31 times. 31 times. Jesus loved those around his table. And this is the table that we do in community together. There's uh, stations in the back, and I'm going to invite Stephen to come here with me. And please, on your own time, grab communion and hold it, and we will take it together because at the table, we wait for each other and we take it as a feast to remember that Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. You know, you can, um, you can go to a graveyard, right, and visit someone's tomb. Many of us have loved ones in uh, burial pla- different burial places. There's famous ones everywhere. We went uh, to the East Coast last year. We saw Benjamin Franklin's burial site. We saw Betsy Ross's some really interesting places. My family's from Argentina, and uh, one year when we went, we went to go see Evita Peron's um, burial. She's buried in a, like a little house. There are lots of people who are buried, who are, who, whose body is in a tomb. What did we read today? He is not here. He is not here. Do not look for the living among the dead. And I find this odd sense when I go to my mother's graveside. It's an odd, empty, peaceful kind of feeling. It's very weird. I know she is not among the dead. And Jesus said on this night, he says, I am about to depart from you. I am about to be killed. This is my blood, I spill it for you. This is my body, it is broken for you, for you. And we do this every week so that we can remember 
the promise that he made that he was not going to stay dead, that he was making a covenant with us. That this was going to happen to bring us to him. Let's take the bread. We take the cup and the same, the same way we take the bread and we say, thank you, Lord, for spilling, for breaking your body for me. We do this and remember that it happened, but remember that this is also our hope. Let's take the cup. Lord Jesus, I pray here. I pray here and now and in this moment, Lord, Lord, you know what, you know who has heard what. Lord, I pray that as we take what we've heard from you, Lord, that as we take that, Lord, we can take that to be 100% from you this morning, Lord. Lord, if there's a stirring in our heart this morning, if, if there's something that has come up in our mind, in our thoughts, Lord, would you stir us to action this morning? Lord, would we not remain anonymous today? Lord, would we, would we be able to just connect Somehow with someone or something or, I don't know, Lord, you have it all figured out. But Lord, I pray that as each and every one of us, myself included, the band included, the sound included, the babies in the room included, Lord. Lord, you walk with us on our way so that we may have light and life. Lord, thank you for breaking your body for us and for the promise that that represents. In Jesus' name, amen.